Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hello, Dr. Renee Wellenstein. Hello. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to have you here today on the Balanced, Beautiful, Abundant Show. And it's so great to have a doctor that helps women with burnout because our whole motto is to help women go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And I'm so excited to get your expertise. But first, I'm going to tell my clients a little bit about you and all your awesomeness. So Dr. Renee is a doctor who stepped out of traditional medicine to rescue herself from the depths of burnout. Ten years ago, Dr. Renee was living her dream life. She was a successful OBGYN married to a doctor with twins, and one day during a horseback riding lesson, she fell and broke her back. In her recovery, not only did she struggle with severe back pain, she also had fatigue and the inability to focus. After two years of trying everything, she finally discovered a holistic medicine practitioner and all of her symptoms resolved. Now, she empowers women to take control of their health, jumpstart their libido, and improve their energy using functional medicine. So, I would like to talk to you first about how, how do women resolve their, what are some of the physical reasons behind burnout and fatigue? It's not always mental. Of course, there's the mental. But let's talk about the physical reasons that could be behind a woman feeling chronic fatigue and burnout. Yeah, a lot of times it is, it's a combination of things. Um, and usually where I start are hormonal 
uh, with a hormone called cortisol, mm. which comes from a, a gland called the adrenal glands. And they're tiny little glands on top of the kidneys. And they're, they're so little, but they're so powerful because they are the little glands that produce cortisol, norepinephrine, epinephrine, essentially our fight or flight hormones in our body or chemicals. And that's generally where I start because, you know, even with, with myself and, and burnout, I honestly got to the point because there was nothing in my blood work that really was saying something's wrong, you know? So I got to the point after failing to antidepressants that I thought it was all in my head because in the, in the, in the regular world, when you walk into your doctor and say, I'm really tired, I don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning, I'm really unmotivated. Of course they think you're depressed. And you know, with me having such a, a life-changing event, like falling off the horse, I I was like, it must be in my head. So like you said, it's not, the majority of burnout is, is actually biochemical, it's hormonal as a result. And part of the impact it has on us is mental because yes, we become mentally exhausted, usually from stress, whether it be a emotional stressor or a physical stressor, but then it comes down to, you know, also our hormones, including the adrenals, cortisol. So for me personally, and, and pretty much, I want to say 95% of the women I used to work with in my clinical practice, as well as about 100% of the women that I now work with online, have a component of burnout related to chronic stress involving their adrenal glands and this cortisol level. Um, you know, and also because of a lot of the behaviors that are... Um, that come with this fatigue and low energy, a lot of times there's nutritionally things that are involved because of course we're exhausted. So we don't fuel our body as well. We're, you know, and I, I can say this cause that was me as well. I was going to the cabinet and the refrigerator and just opening the fridge and I see the salad in there and I'm like, oh, I'm way too tired to make a salad. So I close the door and go to the cabinet and get chips because they were salty, they were quick, and they satisfied that craving that I had. So, you know, a lot of times it can come down to nutritional choices that are actually depleting our body of some vitamins that are needed not only to make our hormones, but help support our gut health. So there are so many underlying reasons for burnout, you know, because again, this it's, it can be a trickle down effect as well as impacting our female hormones, yeah. impacting our thyroid. So and it's always interesting when I used to say, see adrenal dysfunction and thyroid dysfunction, I was always like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Right? You know, did the, the adrenals affect the thyroid or vice versa? So it is this complex array of hormonal balances that can occur. And just one little tip of the iceberg into burnout can do all of that. So what are some quick fixes women could make with nutrition? Because I know a lot of what you said could be linked back to nutrition. Yeah. Foods that are enriching for the adrenals and the thyroid and help lower the cortisol that women could do today after listening to this podcast. I think the biggest thing, uh, there's a couple of big takeaways and, you know, I'm always for, because listen, we're, we're dealing with overwhelmed women, right? They're exhausted. They're burned out. And so I feel like when I come in and say, do this, 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 it's like, whoa, like I can't do all of that. So essentially I think one of the biggest thing is pull back and see what you're doing currently. Are you relying on the sugars and the caffeine to get through the, through your day? And can you slowly start weaning down on those 
external stimulants, um, like the coffee. Are you drinking a pot of coffee a day? Are you turning for that coffee in the afternoon? Um, and the sugars, a lot of the added sugars and the processed packaged food. And I know it, it's really, I always say the lifestyle changes that I preach are simple, but they're not easy. Meaning like when we're talking to a woman who's completely burned out, it can sound so overwhelming to say, change these all up, you know, and, and go without my afternoon coffee and my, you know, my chocolate in the afternoon and, you know, just switch to dark chocolate and have, enjoy a piece of dark chocolate, not a whole milk chocolate bar, maybe, you know, so just seeing where these external sources of energy that you're relying on are coming in and try little by little, not overnight to start taking them out. And again, I don't want you to cut out coffee, cold turkey. You're going to have a massive headache. You're going to curse my name, <laughs> but I really would just, I, it really comes down to awareness. What are you doing in an effort for that external energy? And then how can we start making, uh, you know, leaps and bounds towards reversing that and changing that up? Because I can, again, say all of the things that we quote unquote should, I don't like shitting ourselves, but right. that are better, no should, that are better for our bodies. And I really know the women we work with really want to feel better. They want to feel their bodies, but they're exhausted. And it always just comes down before we start implementing new things. What are we currently doing that we have to sort of replace the not so great habits with the better habits? So, and it, it's a process. So, you know, healthy fats are great, you know, olive oil, avocado, you know, protein, whether it be what do you a think about adding MCT oil to coffee and tea. Do you think that's okay? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm always very careful. You know, there's degrees of burnout, whether or not, you know, and there's lots of different I I go back in the dark ages of adrenal dysfunction and some of the original books whereby they did, you know, intermittent fasting wasn't around then and such. So right. I'm always very careful with women that have burnout because first and foremost, I want them to fall in love with themselves again. And, you know, a lot of times it comes down to I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. So I'm doing, right. doing, doing for everyone. So like, let's get back to ourselves and how we feel in our bodies. Then we can do all the fancy nutritional things down the road because, Again, I know a lot of women want to lose weight because they felt they've been feeling awful. They're not exercising, they're not eating well, and they maybe have gained weight. And that's really taken a toll on their mindset, how they feel about themselves. But, you know, starting with presence in our body and how we feel about ourselves and loving the body we're in currently en route to the, the next version of ourselves. But I do love MCT and coffee. If, if your choice is to delay breakfast, that's a great way of doing it. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's really tasty and it's a healthy fat. So I do absolutely. And I actually a little sea salt in your coffee too. Um, wow. Sea salt has electrolytes. So uh, a lot yeah, of my. I'm hearing that, a lot of putting sea salt in the water. Like I was going to ask you. <laughs> yep. This is great. I love that I'm talking to a doctor because this is the stuff I've been thinking about. When you wake up, mm -hmm. is it better to have um, lemon water with a little bit of salt or is it better to have a powdered green drink with no sugar in it? I personally like just straight water right out of the gate. You know, you can follow it with your green drink. I'm all for greens as well. I love greens, but I personally will go down warm or cold. There's a lot of like take cold, take warm, metabolic, right. whatever, whatever you like, because at the end of the day, ladies, we have been doing enough of the, what we should do. Like, what is, what do you like? Okay. You can choose your temperature of water, right. but do you, you, you know, and sprinkle just a little bit of the, like a Himalayan sea salt or Celtic salt in it. Just a pinch, you know, if you put a lot, you're going to want to throw up <laughs> just a little and some lemon because lemon is, 
acidic on the outside of the body, but it's alkaline when we put it in our body. And, you know, again, with women and burnout, again, we're assuming their stress level is probably a little bit high, right? Because they have burnout. Our stress will actually cause our bodies to be more acidic. So, and we're dehydrated when we wake up. So I think, you know, hitting it with about 16 ounces of cold water with a squeeze of a half a lemon and a pinch of sea salt, it will taste amazing. You will love it. I love, I love waking up that way. And I, it's great because it flushes out all your organs and all the toxins that have been building up. And then you could do either your bulletproof coffee or, or your green drink. That's what yep, you yep. the water. Awesome. Absolutely. And you know, when we're getting, you know, always, everyone's always like, well, what about the salt and this and that? If you have a highly processed diet, you probably are getting a lot of sodium because that's what they use to preserve you know, packaged food on the, on the shelf or in the fridge. But my ideal is when I'm working with someone with burnout and we really start seeing the value of eating real whole foods, that you are not getting a lot of that packaged food with that sodium in it. So you can go a little heavier on the sea salt in your water or even on your food. You want to season your food. Um, and that may also look like adding some sea salt in your water throughout the day. I do find that women with burnout, it really, it really enhances the flavor of the water. So you will actually want to drink more water because it tastes better with the sea salt in it. And again, even your bulletproof coffee, sprinkle a little sea salt on there, blend it. It's so good. So good. Awesome. I love it. So let's talk about the hormones that are involved in burnout. You mentioned cortisol and the adrenals. How can women, I know when you fry your adrenals, it's from too much stress, it's from too much coffee, it's, it just depletes you. Yeah. What would be a great way to start building up your adrenals? Is it possible to rebuild them after you deplete them totally? Uh, I'm proof of that. Yeah. yeah and I've worked with the, right? yeah. And that's the thing that makes, I mean, in my opinion, yes, I have the clinical expertise, but I also have the personal experience and as my personality type. Um, and I'm studying more on human design too now. And I'm much like, I, it's hard sometimes to fight my personality because I am that person that loves to learn and loves to teach. And I just, you know, that overachieving type of personality and, we're prone to burnout. So like even seven years ago, I was first diagnosed, but since then I have kind of felt the, the feelings of going down. And so I think the biggest thing we can talk all in, you know, my five strategies that I always implement and go back to over and over include nutrition. That's big because I find that once you start cleaning up your nutrition, you're not drinking as much coffee and, you know, you're not relying on the sugars and this and that. But then when you find that you are all of a sudden like, oh, I'm going for that cup of coffee in the afternoon or I'm going for the bag of chips and not the salad, ding, 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 ding. Like what is happening? Why are you, you know, so fatigued and why are you turning to that? But, you know, a lot of the other things that I actually are more important is number one, the validation. Like mm-hmm. it is not in your head. It is a real deal. And just because yeah. you go to your doctor and they can't get on a piece of paper, a level that's quote unquote abnormal does not mean that your, your symptoms are not real. Right. And I think that's the biggest point for your listeners is like, if you're, if you feel different than you felt, and sometimes it's not waking up one morning, this is generally an, a process. It's gradual. And we don't even realize it till like we one day wake up and say, why can't I do that anymore? And what happened? And where did I lose that? So number one, validation is not in your head. There is something you can do about it. I am proof. 
Number two, you are worthy of feeling better. You are enough as is and in the process, love yourself, but you are worthy of feeling amazing. You don't have to prove your worth to the whole world. Um, You are worthy. It's not shameful. You don't have to feel guilty for, for, recognizing that maybe you need a little nap in the afternoon, or maybe you need to sleep in a little bit on the weekends if you can, or maybe you need to go to bed a little bit early. Women need more sleep and there's nothing wrong with that. Correct. Yep. And, you know, especially when, you know, there's degrees of burnout. And I find that a lot of times women push so hard, they literally hit a wall. And those are the women that really have to prioritize listening to their body. And if they need to take a nap, it's not going to be forever. And I think that's what most women fear is, oh my gosh, it's forevermore going to be having to take an afternoon nap. No, but if you can do it now, if you're working from home and can take instead of, you know, you can take your lunch and then lay down for a little bit, do it. And so, you know, you are enough. Boundaries are huge, you know, setting boundaries, saying no, communication, you know, and we can talk about the fancy hormone, you know, hormonal stuff, but like, we got to get the baseline of like, and that's what everyone always wants to talk about. Tell me what supplements to take and tell me, yeah. no, 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 let's go back. Like, where are you overextending yourself? We're lady, we're women. Like we have a to-do list 10, 10 deep and realistically, can you get that all done? Right. So where can you, you know, um, where can you prioritize what you have to do, what you can delegate, have someone yeah. else do, or what can you either delay, not do today or delete completely? What don't you have to do? And, you know, we have people in our lives communicating with them about what we need. You know, can your kids help you? Can your spouse or significant other help you? Because honestly, the people in your life, they want you to feel good. They want you to feel better, but they won't know how you feel unless you tell them. Women get to ask for help and support. It's not something that we're socialized to do, but it's amazing when we do ask for help or support, how happy people are to support us. We don't yeah. have to do it all on our own. We get to have help and support. So absolutely. And you know, and I, I, I like every woman, I like to be the superwoman. I like to do it all. Right. But at the end of the day, we don't get a trophy for that. Yes. We fall into bed exhausted is what we do. Or we're resentful for our partner because they didn't help us or to our kids because they didn't help us. Well, we didn't ask for help. They're not mind readers. We need to delegate what what can someone do just as good as you because i know ladies we all think we can do it better than everyone but there are some things in your life that perhaps you know grocery shopping maybe your significant other or husband can do um doing the dishes maybe the kiddos can do that you know so people are in your life to help you um you just have to communicate and ask for it and stop and i'm i was i can say this because this was me like that superwoman mentality and i'm telling you the other thing is our partners when we look like we got it all under control they're like, whoa, she's got all under control. Great. You know, I'm just going to sit Why back. Why does she need me? Yeah. Why you know, does she so, need me? It's so funny. I told my fiance, he is the CEO of the sink. So exactly. it's now really an important thing for him to do, to do all the dishes. And he's happy to do it. And if I do the dishes, he goes, oh, no, I'm the CEO. I said, okay, I'm the CEO of making the bed. So it's like we delegated some of the just normal household chores and it's, we make it fun. He's the CEO. It's not like, oh, he has to do the dishes. He, he's the CEO of the sink. So he gets to do the dishes. Yeah. (laughs) You can make it fun and give your kids and your partners like responsibilities. And it doesn't have to be like where the woman does everything, you know, until she depletes herself. So that, that's some really great advice. So 
How can women use functional medicine to deal with stress and overwhelm? I know we talked about it all comes down from the limiting beliefs of I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy. Once we start working on our innermost beliefs, getting some basic, you know, self-care down, what can, how can functional medicine help women? Well, functional medicine is, you know, basically medicine that gets to the root cause of your symptoms. So historically, I was trained as an OBGYN to make a diagnosis after this, you know, putting all the the symptoms in a diagnosis box and then plopping a pill on top of a medication. And, you know, that's how I was trained versus functional medicine, which is, in my opinion, harder. It's not as much of a protocol or algorithm because everybody's individual. But what we try to do, what you find is a lot of the the big symptoms have like like common themes. So for instance, burnout. We talked a little bit about the adrenals, a little bit, could be a little thyroid related. It could be a little female hormone imbalance. That's not necessarily definitely causing the fatigue, but maybe the moodiness and the weight gain that's compounded by the cortisol issues. Gut health is huge, you know? So again, and every woman's different, but I find it comes down number one, stress, obviously identifying the stressor, doing our D's, you know, what can you delegate, delete, getting back to self-care which is huge because I find now a lot of women have lost themselves in the past year. They don't even know what they like to do anymore because they haven't had time to do it or made time to do it. And that kind of goes back to that mentality of like, and you know, so many people just, what do I do? Well, it starts with your mind. Like you are worthy of getting back to yourself and it's not selfish to take 30 minutes to yourself a day to take a walk in nature, read a book. You know, I love meditating, but that's not for everyone when they come right out of the gate. So, and then, you know, really what I do when it comes to many things that are root cause medicine is lifestyle. It's, it's sleep. It's like getting your sleep, getting to bed, you know, typically women with burnout, depending on what phase they are in, some just fall into bed and don't wake up. Others get a second win, but you know, getting to bed if possible, nine, 10 o'clock, if you can, you know, sleeping in till nine o'clock in the morning, if it's the weekend and you can, because the most restorative sleep is between seven and 9 a.m. Oh, that's good to know. Yep. Um, so prioritizing that, prioritizing hydration, which we talked about. So getting up when you do get up, you know, getting your 16 ounces of water in with at least your, your Himalayan sea salt and lemon is a bonus. Starting to focus on your nutrition. So again, getting rid of that stuff that's in a package. And it's really, it's funny, you know, some people are like, okay, package, I have a green bean package here. It's okay to have green beans in a package. It's just that those ones that have the sauces on them, like that's not the best for our body. And we're talking about the gut and such. Our gut, believe it or not, you know, is really important for our immune system, for our mood. 90% of the happy chemical we call serotonin is actually produced in the gut. So if I always say, if your gut's not happy, you're not happy. And a lot of it starts with nutrition. And, um, you know, so that is some of the basics of like, you know, we can hit the gut by cleaning up our nutrition and getting our sleep um, because that actually detoxes. We detox when we're sleeping. So not only our gut, but our brain as well, hydrating. So like I said earlier, you know, these steps are simple and a lot of symptoms will actually be remedied simply by nutrition, sleep, water, 
and generally trying to move your body a little bit. Like I like to exercise, but again, depending on the degree of burnout, sometimes, you know, I'm not talking about a HIIT workout for a woman, a woman with severe burnout. I'm talking about having grace on yourself and love and going out for a nice walk in nature, you know? Yoga, just moving, just yes. moving your body, right? And it's interesting because it's not to say that you can never get there. I think a lot of women think, oh, I'm never going to feel better. And you will. But I also always say that you didn't get here overnight. Like even myself, it took me a probably a solid year and a half till I felt, I didn't even feel better. I felt better than I did a year and a half prior, despite breaking my back. And it's, it's possible, but you really have to be all in with like, I want to feel better. And you might have a few obstacles here and there and stress might creeping again, but it's just back to like, okay, regroup, you know, and what am I going to do moving forward? And so, you know, functional medicine is just a lot of it for many things, hormonal imbalances, you know, we can talk about food sensitivities and, you know, toxins like plastics can disrupt your hormones and, and fragranced products um, that are in lots of personal care products that women use, but that's a little more advanced. When we're talking right. basic, it's just like, See what you're doing and how can we start tweaking it over the next, not even several days, several weeks, several months, because you didn't get here overnight. And really when I make changes with my clients, I really want them like lifelong changes. Like, so if you make a change, too many drastic changes in 24 hour period, they're not going to stick. I don't believe in calorie restriction and weighing yourself every day because it's all about creating a lifestyle that's freedom that you can do for the rest of your life. And who wants to be counting calories for the rest of their life? I mean, I understand if you're trying to make like a change and maybe like count macros for a little while. Yeah. Isn't it about freedom and just being healthy and being mm -hmm. balanced and not like micromanaging every morsel that goes into your mouth? What do you think about that? I absolutely agree. And I do find that when women start switching to real food, there's a lot of chemicals in that packaged food that do a few things. Number one, it, um, it creates, they hire, I'm not going to get in this, they hire scientists actually to put some things in food that make it like, you know, for instance, there's a, there's a commercial say you can't just eat one of like a chip, right? right? That's because there's something in there. And I probably about a year ago now I had my, I bought chips for my kids and I just grabbed them off a shelf at the natural food store. And my son is after school eating them. And he's like, mom, I can't stop. And I <laughs> jumped off the couch and I looked at the, at the label and it had like as a second ingredient sugar. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, it was plain old sugar, but nonetheless, there's generally things in a lot of these packaged products. And I'm not saying it's an all or none. Like I get it. You're going to have 20% of the time generally that you want to have a bag of chips. I'm for living exactly. life. But when that's the basis of everyday eating, it's really not getting in the nutrients that your body needs to heat needs to heal um, and beat burnout, you know, and, and thrive. You know, there's so many little processes at our cell level of energy production that we need nutrients for, and you get that through real food. So you know, I do find that women, when they just kind of start even going off a lot of these processed foods that they can't stop eating, and they're actually a lot of like high fructose corn syrup actually will, you know, send a message to your liver to store fat, especially around the midsection. So like, we wonder why these ladies are like, I'm eating as best I can. Well, some of these chemicals are doing it to your body and you really aren't doing it to yourself. I know you're not eating a lot, but it's what these, these foods are doing to your body. So Simply, honestly, about making that concerted effort to say, I'm going to try to start eating real food. And it doesn't have to be fancy real food. You know, it doesn't have to be a gourmet right. meal. 
but getting away from the cereals and the, you know, and the things that you just throw into a, a, a pan and put the sauce on top of, you know, again, getting back to the basics of a, a veggie, a starch, you know, not, you don't have to go low carb. You don't have to go keto, you know, like they're definitely better like quinoa and sweet potatoes. They have a lot more nutrients for your body. Um, and a protein, whatever, again, animal protein or non, like whatever you choose just to get in healthy fats, like just give your body what it needs. You will be amazed how weight will just start falling off because you are satiated. You're satisfied with the food you're eating. You feel better because of the food you're yeah. eating and you're not putting in a lot of those chemicals in your body that are giving your body and your organs mixed messages as to what to do with them. I feel like when you eat real food, you get back in touch with your, uh, when you're satiated or not, when you eat fake food, it's like you can eat a whole thing of Pringles or a whole pint of ice cream and not even realize it because it tastes so good. You get so addicted mm -hmm. and with real food, you know, when you're full. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you. You're on a road trip. You're famished. Mm -hmm. You walk into a Seven Eleven. Mm -hmm. What do you get? Dr. Renee? Uh, well, I always, I generally try to get a water if I've not been hydrated in the cough in the car. So I'll get a water because a lot of times hunger, you know, you're just thirsty, you're, you're dehydrated. So I'll get some water and start with that. And let's see, what do I get in the past? I try, sometimes I try to get, cause they generally don't have fruit, right? Like right. I generally try to get the cleanest protein bar I could to give me something. So what, um, what do you look for in a protein bar? If, if, uh, you have to have a protein bar, I don't know. Do you, yep. do you have protein? protein bars regularly or only have a I don't I don't I, I would reserve them in a pinch number one I think kind of go back like let's not put ourselves in the pinch like pack some things in your car if you can like you have a protein bar at home that you knows you know or I, I recently we had to go somewhere with my daughter and I oh I had to drive go get her from basketball camp and I put a bunch of cut up peppers and and carrots in a bag with a water and I feel like oh I had a yogurt as well because I put a little like um freezer thing in there to keep it cool. But I understand sometimes we get in a pinch, right? We have to run out the door. So in my opinion, like the least amount of products or ingredients, the better. And if you can recognize the name of the ingredients, that's the best bar. Okay. <laughs> you know, ideally five or less ingredients is great. Okay. Six, seven, fine. But like if you can RX read it. Bar, Lara bars. Yeah. The RX bar, I think are one of my favorites. Um, just because they're mostly, you know, made from fruits and, you know, dates for sweeteners and such. Um, I do think that's the Lara, the Lara bar has the dates. So RX bar is just like eggs, uh, like two or three ingredients. Oh no, I right. think they're, both, they're both dates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they do use this. Yeah. Dates. And sometimes there's like a peanut butter, nut butter, yeah. chocolate with sea salt. Yeah. Those, I mean, honestly, you can taste the difference. They're not as sweet as a lot of the other bars, but Honestly, they have a handful of ingredients and those would be the ones that I, the, I wouldn't look at the label, how much fat they have and carbs. Like, are they, do they have real food and are they going to sustain me for the next couple hours in the car? So I'm not reaching for the chips that my kids want to get or what have you. So I, that's generally, again, I would try to go, you know, if they had fruit, you know, grab a banana or something, but that's not, a, that's not usually the usual 7-Elevens. They're just all chips and sodas. And so RX bar and some water. There you go. So if you're craving something sweet after a meal, what would you say is better? Like a low sugar, high cacao piece of chocolate or a date? That's interesting. I think it's your preference. You know, I mean, I kind of go back and forth with the, the dates and the sugar and the effects on your body. I do think everyone's individual with their 
their response to dates, even dates, you know, everyone's different with their spike and, you know, what's your history? Do you have like insulin issues? And we're talking and, about the fruit date. If you just tuned out, oh, because yeah. every romantic date is different too. <laughs> yeah. I personally will go for the cute chocolate or who chocolate, you know, I had the dark chocolate because I find that if you're craving something, especially if it's, if it's a 90% dark chocolate, it's a little bitter, yeah. Um, but I feel like the who chocolate, I feel like that's in the 70% range. It has the perfect amount of like chocolate without being that addictive milk chocolate. Because I find if I was to have a Hershey's bar, that's milk chocolate. Oh, I can't yeah. stop. It's all, but if sugar. You have yeah. all sugar. But if you have like a who, like a really clean dark chocolate yeah. bar over 70% cacao, I definitely, I can have one, maybe at most two of those little blocks and I'm good. I put it back in. Yeah. You can even dip it in a little almond butter. Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I'm like just, and I'm good. I feel like it's actually good for you. It's high in magnesium. It helps your serotonin. Like you just feel relaxed and satisfied. Yeah. So if you're feeling a little anxious, you're like, oh, I'm going to go for those chips. Have a dark chocolate. I keep mine in the fridge. Have a, like a little piece or two and you will be so satisfied and you will walk away just feeling that not getting this high from the sugar, just feeling more calm and at ease because you satisfied your craving and you did something really good for your body. I like that you dip in an almond butter. You make like an organic Reese's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I even have, I, I do have a little recipe for that too with coconut oil and like a, a vegan protein powder and um, like almond butter and make my own Reese's cup. So that's a, that's a definite indulgence, but it's wow. so you can, yeah, just mix the, um, the protein powder, make sure it's a really clean one, you know, not too much sugar and such with coconut oil, melt the coconut oil here in the, in New York, generally ours is usually hard. If people don't know that if you're in a warmer climate, your coconut oil is probably liquid, but um, yeah, mix that up for the, in uh, the outside. Yeah. So put a layer of that, put a layer of like almond butter and then a layer on top of the chocolate coconut oil mix. And it's, put it in like a little silicone, um, like muffin wrapper kind of tin thing and in a little ramekin and put it in the freezer and voila, you have a decadent treat that's good for you. Yum. You're going to have to give us that recipe to put in the show notes. I think people are going to want to try that. That is an awesome organic Reese's recipe. Yeah. So, so good. How can the average woman get their hormone tested? Is it covered by insurance usually, or is it something that she would have to pay for out of pocket? Do you recommend well, like a certain type of test that she should get? What should she ask her doctor to do? Like how how would the average woman who's never had their hormones tested what, what would they do? Well, it's kind of hard with a regular doc because even I have to say, sadly, as an OBGYN, I'd have a lot of women coming to me on like what they call bioidentical hormone replacement and they'd want me to check their hormone levels. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like I just, back in the day, I wasn't trained on how to do that. So typically if you go to your OBGYN, you will only check hormone levels if they, um, they think you're in menopause or maybe you're trying to get pregnant and you can't get pregnant. Those are really the only indications. If you want to just go and say, I think my hormones are out of whack. Can you check them? They're going to be like, no, for what reason? You know? So I do a lot of times feel like a functional medicine provider is a little more understanding of just the fact that your hormones can be out of whack and that can make me, you feel a certain way, you know, yes, heavier periods, crampier periods, breast tenderness, weight gain, irritability. I can go on and on. Yeah. 
Um, blood is okay. Blood is a great way of checking as long as you know, you know, how to interpret them. Um, you know, you'd for women is if the female hormones are getting looked at, you know, estradiol, progesterone, even estrone, which is the primary estrogen of menopause can all be looked at. And, um, you know, there's obviously other hormones that can contribute to a slew of symptoms, including insulin and, you know, glucose is not a hormone, but insulin and thyroid and even docs these days, you know, not these days, historically and currently, uh, they just check a TSH to see how your thyroid's doing. And that's not the most accurate measure of thyroid. So blood tests can be done again with a little caveat that you know how to, you know what to check and you know how to interpret them. And a lot of times if you go to your doc and they appease you and they check your estradiol level, which is your female estrogen, and it's quote unquote within normal limits for this, you know, if you are still cycling, they're going to say you're normal. Mm-hmm. Versus like really looking at the level at that stage of your cycle or even menopausal, you know, in relation to progesterone, how is there a balance there? Is it out of balance, which is generally what causes a lot of problems for women and an estrogen dominance, they call it because we're getting a lot of extra estrogen in our body now. And it's some of it's from our ovaries making it some of it's from the plastics we are putting our, you know, water in and heating in and storing in and the fragrances. So again, I I said earlier, these are endocrine disruptors. So they're actually disrupting your estrogen and contributing to the estrogen in your body. Um, Adipose tissue does the same thing. Unfortunately, you know, weight, um, a higher weight will do that as well as gut dysfunction. If you can't break down your estrogens in your gut, you're going to have more circulating in your body. So, you know, we always point to the ovaries as the source of high estrogen. And a lot of times it's things within our control that we're doing. And I should mention like meats, non-organic meats can be doing that as well. So, cause a lot of the animals are getting hormones um, yeah. that are non, that are, are non-organic. So, you know, there's a lot of outside sources that are contributing to hormonal imbalances, but you originally asked how blood work is fine. There's other testing, you know, in New York state, we can't do a lot of this testing, but other places you can do urine testing to see how you're breaking down your hormones, which is so cool. And I'll be doing that when I leave New York state. Um, there's salivary testing that can be Where done. Where are you going, Dr. Renee? Oh, four years. I'll, I'm, I'm thinking I'm coming out near you. I'm coming oh, out West. Yeah. Awesome. Maybe, yeah. I'm, I'm going to live I'm staying here for four more years for my kiddos. And then uh, New York state is a very hard state to practice functional medicine. And so it's very regulated. So uh, there's a lot of cool testing out there, salivary, urinary, again, depending if I would generally do um, salivary testing, if I have someone on hormones that is through the skin, it's called transdermal. But if you're just going in, you're not on any hormones, you say, listen, I just want my hormones checked. Blood work is fine. Generally covered by insurance. If your doctor plays the game and codes correctly. And um, again, just getting someone that can interpret it is key. Is soy really bad? Does it have a bad rap? Uh, A lot of people say it increases your estrogen levels, but I don't think soy is so bad. It's like overnight, it just got a bad rap. Yeah, it's not. And there's a lot of like, you know, it's so interesting with medicine. It's like, you can make a case for anything nowadays, I feel like. I have really changed my tune on soy because as an OB, you know, we're educated, we're taught like soy is bad, especially if you have like breast cancer and such. And that's not the case. I've actually talked to a lot of my colleagues that are in this holistic world that actually have been breast, their breast cancer survivors them, themselves. And they strategically use soy to block the estrogen receptors on some cells because it does not stimulate like, like 
human estrogen would. So these plant estrogens. And my only caveat with soy is it's a highly genetically modified crop. So make sure that you get non-GMO soy, but I'm a big lover of soy. That's great. So speaking of breast cancer, a lot of people say not to use bioidentical hormones because they increase your risk for breast cancer. I know that's a big controversial thing. What is your opinion on that? You know, I would always go, I don't believe so. You know, when we're talking hormones, like you can't put bioidentical hormones in the same bucket as the hormones that I used to prescribe as an OBGYN that included estrogen from a horse, a pregnant mare, and, you know, a completely synthetic progestin. It's not even progesterone, it's progestin. And, you know, when they, you know, back in the day when they did that women's health initiative back, gosh, I was in training still around 2000. So it's an old study, but it's a basis of a lot of people still like base their, um, their, their treatment on, which is do not give hormones that causes breast cancer. They were using Premarin or Prempro, which is again, Premarin is from a horse and it breaks down on our body to like 27, 28 metabolites, which are breakdown products that our body doesn't even recognize. It's from a horse. Yeah. This is bioidentical hormones, which yes, they are made in a lab, but they are chemically identical to, or biochemically identical to what our bodies make. So I, you know, I guess it depends, you know, maybe I'd have a little more caution if someone has like estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. I think it's a case by case basis. If we all know, we know the power of mindset, right? So if a woman, I say it's okay. and She doesn't believe it's okay. And she's taking a hormone. Gosh, I don't want that either. Cause she's going to be saying the whole time, like, oh, this is bad for me. And I don't want, (laughs) I don't want to go there, you know? So I really think it's, it really comes down to the woman herself and her belief in, and, you know, it not harming her, but it's not going to harm her. And really, generally speaking, you know, most docs will only use, you, you know, I was always taught to start low and go slow. Yes. If she's having symptoms, use the smallest amount. And there is something called estriol, which is a very weak estrogen that a lot of times we put in bioidentical hormone replacement. And you can titrate the dose. So it's more of that, which is, you know, a very potent estrogen for the vaginal tissues and such, and you can deliver it locally. Like, so there's a lot of tweaks that you can do if you don't want to take the traditional, you know, bioidentical hormone replacement that your friend's taking, we, you can definitely get it tweaked. So it's higher in the weaker estrogen or strategically use it to where you need it. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know. So I know this is uh, your area of expertise and we're just wrapping up the interview now. So we're going to end with a bang. So if you're listening, it's about to get X-rated up in here. <laughs> so we're going to talk about sex. So what are the benefits of sex other than procreation for women? Oh gosh. So this is number one, burnout ladies, stress reduction, stress reduction, you know, um, sex actually will increase. And of course we're talking about this cause I work a lot with women with low libido and a lot of women have these myths that, uh, it's low because I'm getting older or I, or, you know, I've had kids and that it's normal. It's not normal. Number one, if you don't think it's normal, if it's not where you want it to be, it's not normal for you. And they're outside of having children. A lot of women think, Oh, I'm done having my kids. I don't need it anymore, but there are so many benefits. So number one, First and foremost, stress reduction. You know, it increases a hormone called oxytocin, which is our love hormone. 
So in, in cortisol, which is our stress hormone and oxytocin, our love hormone are on a little teeter totter. And when you're know that, yeah. So when you are, when you're getting cuddly and just getting touched by your, your love, you know, significant other and caress doesn't even have to go all the way. Your oxytocin is going up and your um, cortisol is automatically going down. You can't be stressed and lovely at the same time. We all know that, right. For ladies out there that are so stressed and they just have no libido, that is why. And so, you know, number one, huge stress reducing uh, activity, probably one of the best. Um, there are lots of benefits of test- vaginal testosterone. So like you get an O natural injection when you actually have the act. Um, a lot of, you know, um, believe it or not, women are actually more confident, the more sexually active they are. So, you know, better mindset, better productivity, So there's so many mindset tweaks to it as well. You know, weight loss, just because you feel happier, like, so like directly, but no, indirectly, because you feel more confident, you feel sexier, you want to eat better, huge trickle down effect. So it's, it's definitely beneficial and something that you should not feel guilty about making a priority in your life at all. Um, and definitely should be on the receiving end of some pleasure (laughs) as well. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely, you know, something that women of all ages, including, you know, a lot of menopausal women will be like, Oh, I'm done. I'm in menopause. It's over. It's not. And as a matter of fact, I have taken care of some women in their seventies and even eighties with the best sex drives and lives. So it is not over when you hit menopause by any means and any symptoms you might have from a lower hormone, you know, hormonal level, Yes, you can replete them or there's other things. There's really great soy compounds out there, phytoestrogens that can be used if you want to stay away from bioidentical hormones. So there's lots of treatments out there and lubrication, lots of great lubrications out there. So, yes, it's so funny. My aunt Shirley, you know, may she rest in peace. She said she got more action in the old age home in her eighties than she did in high school. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And, you know, it's interesting. So it goes to show you that it's not a testosterone thing for women. You know, we our testosterone is lower as we get older. And I, I, you know, I can't explain it. All I know is I'm still studying libido in women and it's multifactorial as far as like your desire. And again, we're complex. We, we are multifaceted women. We have lots of things that could be the underlying root cause, but it's not this, it's not testosterone like it is for men. So ladies, you know, like if you've got it, it's not over at 50, 60, 70, 80 and beyond It's you know, and a lot of women feel freer because there's not a chance for pregnancy. So they don't have to be on hormones and they can't get pregnant. Woo. Have fun. <laughs> exactly. And as women get older, they, they don't care what people think. So no, I do think that's also something for, with women. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're much more confident as we get older. I know that I'm experiencing this approaching the age of 50. Like I am much more confident. I'm much more confident in my body. I'm much more confident in saying what I want in life from everyone, including my partner. So I do think there's that factor. And I'm seeing a lot of women younger though, at 20, 30 that are really acting like they're my age and really saying what they want, which is so empowering to see nowadays, you know, I kudos to them because I wish I had started that at that age as well. That's amazing. So this has been such a great interview. I just love everything that you teach and what you're about and how you empower women. So how can people keep in touch with you, Dr. Renee? 
Oh gosh. I always say I have a website, but I don't live on my website. So drreneewallenstein.com is my website. I kind of live on social media because my big passion in life is to just educate and be an advocate for others and just, you know, my biggest thing back seven years ago when I didn't even know burnout was kind of a thing because I didn't learn about it in medical school is now to preach from the rooftops that like, if I can say one thing on any of my social media platforms that you like, you have an aha moment, like, oh my gosh, she's talking to me. That's what I'm here for. And if you can learn one thing and just build on top of the other and change your life without ever having to see a doctor, even better. So I'm across all social media platforms at Dr. Renee Wallenstein's Facebook Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. I have a podcast and you were on my podcast and it was an amazing episode. So love the leap with Dr. Renee. So come visit me anywhere you can find me, which is everywhere (laughs) and tell me hello. I'd love to help you. It was so great having you on the show, Dr. Renee. I look forward to keeping in touch with you offline. Thank you guys for listening to the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show. I really appreciate you guys. So we're a grassroots movement. We don't have paid advertisers. Take a screenshot, tag me and Dr. Renee. We'll reshare it. We'll give you a shout out in our Instagram stories. Take 90 seconds to leave a five-star review. It means the world to me if you do that. I so appreciate you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll see you next time when we have another amazing expert. Until then, you got this, ladies. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Like it's cold